Welcome to another episode of Self Shoots on the Hip. I'm your host, Joshua Self. You can find me on Twitter at Self Shoots. This talks about loving yourself and how important it is to take care of yourself. As individuals, we make up families, and black families are important. The, the family structure is very, very important. You know, families are the, the building blocks of communities. You know, it's, it's what kind of creates the, the culture, you know. Families going into to communities and communities meshing to, together across the entire world, really creating the thing that we call black culture. It starts really with families. You know, having a name is such a big deal when we speak of, you know, last names. I, I know many times I've gone somewhere and someone recognized me as a self boy. And I didn't really know them, but they, they knew my father. They knew my uncle. They knew my, my grandparents or something. I'm automatically associated with the actions of my, my father or my mother or my grandparents or whoever. Even if I haven't necessarily done anything myself, I'm associated with things that they've done. By the same token, you know, if my folks were up to some bullshit, then people would assume that I was going to be doing the same thing. So a name carries a lot of weight and it's important to, you know, try not to, to tarnish names and whatnot to keep those names up when we really you know look at the importance of families you know where children are raised where the future comes from you know parents you know have children and those children go off and do their own thing maybe have children maybe not when we're trying to improve our communities we're trying to improve our people it starts with improving our families and unfortunately in the black community, we are often stereotyped as having, you know, a disproportionate number of deadbeat dads. And the fucked up part about it is there are a lot of them. It's not to say that other groups don't have deadbeat dads, but I'm just talking to ours. I'm just talking to us right now. I don't care about uh, white folks having deadbeat dads. So I'm just talking to us. Like we, we have to hold our men accountable. We have to really d- discuss the the issues with our young men as they go out into the world and they try to you know find a woman you know you know have sex with that woman or whatever it's really important responsibility discipline these are things that people are not going to pick up on their own like they need to be taught this and they need you know a, a type of structure in order for them to learn these types of things and they're not going to learn this kind of stuff out on the street so to speak but when we look at, you know, this situation from a historical perspective, it really does go back to this era of slavery where slaves were forced to breed with each other. And then after breeding, families were purposefully broken up. So you often have a woman, you know, with child or after recently given birth and the father is shipped away to a different plantation, you know, sent to a, you know, a different slave owner, very purposefully breaking up families. And then the same idea continued, you know, later on after slavery ended, you know, during Jim Crow and that era, unfortunately, because black men were quite often incarcerated for really doing nothing. And by continuing to target the black man, the family was broken up and no not having the black man in the family there are negative repercussions that we're still dealing with today by removing the the man from the family you know just economically speaking especially you know decades and decades ago you're not likely to to make a lot of money which keeps you know more families in poverty and whatnot just statistically speaking 
men make more than women on, on average. And so if that's the case, you know, not having a man in the house makes uh, a huge deal. It makes a huge impact you know, on, on your economics. There were often like government assistant living areas where, you know, women could stay, but the whole thing was that they couldn't have a man living with them. And if you think about what that is saying, is basically like, it's okay if you, you know, have a kid by this guy, but as long as he doesn't live with you, you can live in this you know, government housing, whatever. And that kind of thing is just geared to keep black men out of the home. And that's the unfortunate part. And then we see it in media. We see it here on music and whatnot. This narrative that keeps being spun that black men are not in, uh, in homes. And there are unfortunately too many people living up to this expectation that it's okay that as long as I pay child support or... Maybe I come visit once a month or whatever. That's good enough to raise these children. And I don't want to say this as a knock against black women who are raising kids on their own. Like I don't want to feel like, you know, somehow they're incapable of raising children. I, I, that's not at all what I'm trying to get at. My point really is that black men should be in the homes. Black men should be taking responsibility for their children because their children need them. One of the other issues I think that is plaguing the, the black family is the hidden traumas, the unspoken traumas. We have children who suffer sometimes direct physical abuse. Sometimes it's just emotional abuse, the, you know, fallout from a, a divorce, the abandonment issues when a father is not around. These types of things affect how a child develops and those repercussions are going to be with them long into adulthood. And it's hard because sometimes it's difficult to figure out exactly where the problem occurred. You know, there's these other issues that often exacerbate the trauma. You know, people's response to trauma is often as bad, sometimes worse than the original trauma. And when we look at people turning to food as a response to trauma, black people already have an obesity in our community. People turning to reckless sex as a response to trauma that can very easily lead into, you know, having a child and the cycle continues. And I think it's something that we really need to be trying to address with our families is these traumas. Like there are people that are in our family that are terrible monsters. There are people in our family who are abusers, who are rapists, and we need to confront them. We, we can't let them have a past. We can't sweep this kind of thing under the rug because it's too embarrassing or it's too hurtful to talk about it. It's way fucking worse to ignore this kind of a problem and let it fester as children move from being children into adulthood. When we look at, you know, the repercussions from two people getting divorced, it is the children who suffer. The children always suffer. And We've got to take care of them. We've got to nurture them. We've got to make sure that they're okay. And oftentimes we don't. And then when they suffer these types of traumas, we tend to ignore them. And then we're surprised when these issues later on down the road come up when they're adults. It's like, well, where did all this come from? Well, so-and-so touched me, you know, when I was 10 years old or whatever. So we've got to be more vigilant. We've got to be more cautious about who we allow children to be around. We need to address a lot of these issues. There's a lot of things like, you know, life is hard. And this is this is not the direction I really meant to go in, but life is hard and it's worse when you can't turn to your family for help. It's way worse when there's your own family that is abusing you somewhere that is supposed to be a, a safe space, somewhere that's supposed to be a place of comfort and 
this is where you're being victimized. Like, where are you supposed to go if it's your own family that's victimizing you? We've got to got to look out for these children. They they need our help. They, they need our, our guidance. They need our protection. And we're often neglecting these issues. And it's usually for economics. It's like, well, I don't necessarily want to make him mad because I need him to, you know, continue paying the mortgage. I don't necessarily want to you know, make my parents mad or, or make my, my grandparents mad or whatever. We have to call out members of our own family that are doing terrible things. We, we can't allow that type of shit to continue. That doesn't make them not our family. But at the end of the day, we, we have to protect people. We have to hold people accountable. And, and it starts right in our own homes. We can't expect people on the outside to treat us any type of respect with any type of dignity when we're fucking up our own selves by allowing trash people to continue to be trash to us, continue to be trash to our loved ones. We need to put it into it. And it, it really just starts in, in our own homes. We, we got to do better. We, we have to, or we really don't have a chance. I'm grateful for my parents. I'm grateful for my, my grandmother. I never got to meet my grandfathers. Um, one passed away in a car accident coming back from helping people uh, that were victims of a hurricane and the other uh, died of like lung cancer I believe before I was born both of them died before I was born but I'm very very grateful for my parents I'm grateful for my brothers and my uncles my cousins you know these people have been good to me you know we've had a, a lot of good times we've had a lot of fun we had a lot of laughs you know Words of wisdom have been shared, and it's crazy how much I didn't understand how privileged I was, how privileged I am to have a family that loves me, that, that treats me right, that wants to see me succeed, and to have a family that really fucks with you the long way, to have a family that is setting an example for you to follow, a family that I wouldn't feel uncomfortable leaving a small child with them i'm not embarrassed of them or anything like these folks are fucking fantastic and not everybody has that and i really didn't understand that you know until way way into my adulthood that a lot of people don't have a family that can really lean on don't have a family that really wants to support them wants to see them shine i had no idea until you know i got older that everybody doesn't have it like this and so i am i am truly truly grateful for the family that I have, and I hope that I can continue to uphold the legacy, uphold my, my name, self, that I can live up to the standards that these guys have put forth. I mean, these guys have kind of set the bar pretty high, you know, starting their own businesses that have become very, very successful, you know, entering uh, different areas of, you know, professionalism. So it's truly an honor to be in this type of company. And you know, I'm really looking forward to you know COVID being over and we can meet again in person. It's unfortunate that be- my uncle Ray, when he passed, he was kind of the the front runner, the, the one that was pushing for our family reunions. And once he left, they kind of went by the wayside. Everyone's been busy with their own occupations, having children, some of becoming grandparents, some becoming great grandparents. So people have been. You know, have had their their plates full, so I understand. You know, but there are cousins I haven't seen in in years. There are cousins I've never seen in my entire life, and I'm I'm really hoping to get our people together once uh you know COVID clears up and it's safe to do so. But I I, I love my folks, and it's really an honor just to to be part of of this legacy. You know, until I see you guys again, I love y'all. The next time we see each other Maybe you